Hola, mi amigos. This is Brett Weiniger, and this is a Bravo bike. There's a road that you can travel across the United States from the East Coast, South Carolina, I think it is, that goes all the way to the West Coast, Port Arthur, Oregon. And this road is 90% dirt, dirt trails, gravel, uh, two-lane Jeep tracks, going at farmland, going across levees, and it's... You have to ride it on a street legal motorcycle because it's like I said, it's ninety percent dirt, but there's like ten percent of that or around there is pavement because sometimes you'll have to get up on the pavement and ride into town to get gas, maybe do a load of laundry because it takes about a month is usually around about the ballpark it takes to cross the tat. And, oh, and the name of the the name of the the route is called the Trans America Trail, hence the tat. So it's kind of a rite of passage for ADV motorcycle riders to, to ride the tat. And usually the size of bike kind of the, is a, uh, 650 CC bike. Some people will go as low as a 500 or even a 250 maybe, and as high as maybe a 1200 BMW. But usually the, the, the median range is about a 600, 650 CC bike, Suzuki DR650, KLR650, for those of you that don't follow motorcycles, these are just numbers, but to those that you do, this is the gospel. But every once in a while, you'll get these strange cats that will attempt to try to uh, uh, take a stab at the tat on something as small as, like, say, a 125. And where the difference is, is like if you saw a person on a uh, 650 dual sport driving down, you know, going down the interstate on a county road, You'd think it was a looked like a glorified dirt bike, but if you saw someone on a CT125, you'd think they're just on a, a moped or a scooter of some sort because that's how small they are. Top speed of eh, probably around 45 downhill with a tailwind, <laughs> but usually loaded down with all your camping gear, probably 40, 42, 45, something like that. Only reason I know this is because I have one. And if you've ever seen the videos on Charlie's Facebook page where we're riding around the backyard and I've got Jude, my grandson, on the back of, of mine, or maybe McDuff or even Charlie on the back, that's my CT125. So that gives you an idea about the size and scope of what we're looking for. So I've got a special affinity for these bikes. I even have one. They're just a neat little bike. They're they're bulletproof, get about 100 miles to the gallon. They're just a fantastic little bike, and they're in very high demand. So if you've got one, you're kind of like part of this club. So anyway, one day back in June, I was flipping through Facebook, scrolling through, doing whatever, and I was on the TAT Facebook page, and I saw this, this post that said, Mayday, 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 CT 125 rider down in arkansas well that that's in my backyard so you know you know me i'm going to jump into action i got to do something i got to get involved i got to be part of this story so i followed this guy uh his story and kind of followed his situation and what it was he had had he'd made it he had left Asheville, north carolina been on the road like three or four days 
and it was the heat of the summer. He had made it into Arkansas and had like three flats in one day, which one flat in one day is more than what you want to put up with, more than we really what you want to deal with on the on the road. But he had had three. I'm sure that he was suffering from borderline heat exhaustion because, like I said, it was June in Arkansas, and you don't want to be on a motorcycle out in the middle of nowhere in June in Arkansas. And he was in southeast Arkansas, which is the rice fields. And this was late in the afternoon when all this was kind of coming together. So the sun was going down. When the sun comes down, the mosquitoes come up. And we don't have mosquitoes in Arkansas. We have like many velociraptors or flying pterodactyl, whatever. They'll carry you off is what it boils down to. So this guy was in trouble. And his name is Angelo. And the fact that he was attempting to cross the United States on a CT-125 is incredible beyond belief. So I got in touch with him through Facebook, got his GPS coordinates, kind of figured out where he was. He's about a, where he was stranded at with these flat tires was on probably about an hour south of, of the Casa. So we hooked up the trailer and he was protesting, no, man, I can't ask you to do that. And, I, you know, please don't. But he really didn't have any choice. I mean, he was he was in a he was in a bad spot. Plus, he was convinced that you know when when things start going wrong in like in your regular life, let alone when you're on your, your motorcycle, every noise you hear, every rattle is something bad's fixing to happen. You're fixing, you know. And he was convinced that his transmission was going out. And I knew right then that. And he's riding a Honda CT one to his transmission's not going out. These things, you know, are bulletproof. It's it's a Honda for crying out loud. So um, I said, look, I finally got him on the phone. Said, look, I'm coming to get you. Uh, you know, just suck it up. You're going to spend the night at the Casa. That's just how it's going to be. So I loaded up and hooked up my trailer and. and Charlie got, you know, Charlie jumped up. If I, if I go, Charlie's got to go. You know how that is. So I called my son, Zach and told him what was going on. And he's been in the same situation before. I think any, any cross country motorcycle rider has. And his first comment was that bike's in his head, meaning Angelo's head. And yeah, that's exactly what's going on. So we got down there. Charlie and I is the, we, and picked him up. Great guy. Nicest guy you'd ever want to meet in your life. And brought him back to the house. And the first thing he wanted to do was tear into the bike. And I said, no, man, let's not. You know, the bike's in your head. Let's just take a take a night away from it and just get cleaned up, get something to eat. You know, we need if we need to, we'll run into town, do whatever. So we ended up staying up that night till probably 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning talking about everything from – music to motorcycles to you know everything well the conversation and of course i had to tell him the story of charlie but the conversation eventually turned to my buddy trevor who had been struck down by the drunk driver and i and we the more we talked about that i had to pull up the video that trevor made you know shortly before he was hit and it's you know great stuff moving stuff well i didn't realize the effect it had on Ange. so the next morning we get up and it's monday 
and motorcycle shops aren't open on Monday, so we couldn't get tires or tubes. Well, I've got a CT, so we took the tires off my bike. Or actually, to be totally truthful, it's off Joanne's bike, but I ride it all the time. And put those on Angie's bike, got everything squared away. And I really thought that he had want to spend another night, you know, just to regroup, get an early start the next morning before it got too hot. If I, but if I did think that, I was wrong because about one thirty that afternoon, he um, he was had the bike loaded up and was ready to go, ready to get back on the road. And I thought, man, that's diehard. So it's probably about three or four hours from where I live to a, a place up in the Ozarks, up in the mountains of North Arkansas called the Tat Shack. And it's where a great guy named Pete has built a small hut, if you will. Actually, it's a pretty nice little house where people that are riding the Tat can spend a night out of the elements. They're not camping in the middle of nowhere. So I told Ange about gave him directions to the Tat Shack. And he took off about one thirty. hot. What you talking about? It was hot. And of course, by this time, a lot of the people on Facebook and the various forums are kind of following Angie's um, progress. And they're like, he took off. He did what? So the man, he'll make it. And when he made the tat shack that night and the next day got up, then made it over to devil's den, which is over into almost to Oklahoma. He was rolling. He had his mojo back, and I I had a feeling he was going to make it. So he went on, made it across Oklahoma. Every couple of nights he'd call me, we'd talk, kind of touch base on you know what was going on on the road. Then he ran it. He uh, hooked up with a buddy of his that was also riding another CT one twenty five out in Colorado, and they ended up riding those two pocket sized bikes all the way across the Rockies, Ophir Pass, 10, 11,000 feet. And if I'm going to post a link in the comments on, on the, on the Instagram page to Angelo's, um, YouTube channel, cause he's got a, a breakdown, like a day by day breakdown of that trip. And it's incredible. I mean, when you're talking about riding a CT 125 across Ophir Pass at almost 12,000 feet, and you're loaded down, well, the lack of oxygen causes that little bike. You just about won't make it. But they made it. And the stories are incredible. Just one one quick story, and I don't want to steal Angie's thunder. You need to watch the videos. They're fantastic. But um, his bike and John's bike didn't have the power to, I mean, it, it, to run on, probably run 10 horsepower to begin with, thereabouts. And... They actually had to unload all their gear and some random guy in a blue pickup truck took their gear across the pass where, so they could ride their motorcycles across the pass. But when they got down to Silverton where they were supposed to meet up with the guy with the blue pickup, the blue pickup wasn't there. And what was in that luggage was all their recording equipment and just drone, all these things he was using to film this, this epic journey. And he just knew that guy took off with their stuff. But the beauty of it is when they were hooking up with a place to stay that night, this guy pulls up and they had taken a turn up in the mountains where this other guy hadn't. And, but the guy had been looking for them. They'd been looking for him and it all worked out. 
So anyway, they finished this trip, made it all the way to the Pacific Ocean out in Oregon, had their bike shipped back, but then the same thing happened to Ange that happened to me on my first trip out west. And that was when you get back home and the wheels are not spinning anymore, but you feel like the trip's not over. And then you know that you're on, with me anyway, It was I was on a different journey, and I've been on that same journey ever since. But with my particular case, it was like eight, nine years ago, and I've, I've been on lots of journeys, but they've all, they're all extensions of the same same story. So Ange got back, and I didn't realize how the story of um, how of Trevor had had affected him, as it does everybody that listens to it, everybody that, that hears the story. They all, they, everybody wants to get involved with it. So, to me, the the most incredible part of this story is the fact that what Ange did was off the charts, but. In his own mind, I, I think I can speak for him in this. It seems to me that that his the story of Trevor meant more to him than his own accomplishments, because it was almost it was strangely akin to how Trevor crossed the country back in when he was twenty five and crossed it on a on a CB five fifty, which is a definitely with a, a nineteen seventy four CB five fifty. So you're talking about a thirty year old motorcycle that he built in his bedroom floor. So you have this mutual respect and it's the whole experience has been just a great, I mean, for me, it's been a huge experience, even though I didn't go on the trip. I felt as, as, as proud of Ange as if I'd done it myself. And I, I think that whole feeling was, is translated from Ange to Trevor. And it's almost like this, it's almost like a brotherhood. And, you know, the, it says in, in Hebrews, you know, be careful of how you entertain strangers as you might be entertaining angels unaware. And in this case, it was a, not necessarily an angel, it was an Angelo. And I don't necessarily believe that, that these angels that they're, they're referring to in that particular passage anyway, are necessarily heavenly beings playing harps and flitting around doing angelic things. As much as I believe that they're, they're beings, whether it's animals, people in distress, you know, dogs in distress, whatever the case might be, but they're actually, I think they're putting our path to see not so much how we react, but how much, how we respond. And is that a test that we're going to pass? Anyway, I mean, so the, the, to, but to do that, you have to put yourself at risk. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, when, when people come through here and it's, it's hard to, it's hard to know, you know, like, do I keep this? Do we put these people up? Do we take this dog in? Of course we do. And I believe that, you know, that, how, you know, what you, what you send out, you get back. It's, you know, Buddhists call it karma, Christians call it sowing and reaping. What it all boils down to is what you send out, you get back, you know, tamp down and running over. So anyway, that's the story of Ange. 
be sure and check it out on his on his YouTube channel, Some Guy Rides. And like I said, I will be posting a link to it. And I'm sure you'll be hearing more from Andrew. What I really want to do is maybe this summer, instead of going west like we usually do, maybe do something different. Maybe go east. Go to Asheville, hang out with Ange, and have maybe John come up from from um, from South Carolina. And in that case, do I take do I you know do I take my CT over there? Do we rip up the mountains over there, or do we do we do something else? I don't think it matters. I think what matters is the fact that that we do it together. And it you know it was a huge honor to get involved with these guys, and. I, I, my intent is to is to have Ange on the podcast because he's a truly gifted individual, a, a musician. I mean, just an artist, a videographer. I mean, the cat is awesome. It's not like I got a man crush on him, but maybe I do, and maybe that's okay. So anyway, that's the end of this podcast. Um, until next time, you'll hear us on the road. <laughs>